Hey y'all, the following podcast is a Georgia Cyber Center production. Thanks for tuning in. Things are about to get wild. Augusta University presents In the Wild, the podcast for all things AU. With this week's Quick Jag, here's your host, Rayshawn Riggs. Hey y'all, welcome to In the Wild. We have made it into 2021. Yes, if you're listening to this, that means we survived the new year and that accomplishment is something worth celebrating. So I'm so excited to have left 2020 behind and look forward to a new year. I think I'm most excited to be post-pandemic, which really is what is what's been taking up uh, so much of our lives. But um, I don't really believe in New Year's resolutions. But one goal that I do have this year is to continue spending more time with my family and just loved ones, because if this past year has taught us anything, it definitely has taught us like the value and just being surrounded by loved ones, because for the most part, we have been separated and we couldn't spend quality time with our loved ones like we normally would. So that's something that I look to doing more of this year. And hopefully very soon we could be at a place where we don't feel so restricted about spending time with those that we aren't necessarily living with because I am a few hours away from home and I haven't been able to go home as often as I would like due to the pandemic. So yeah, that would probably be the biggest thing I want to do this year. And I'm excited to hear about y'all because it's been a minute since we've chatted. It's been a few weeks that we've been on hiatus and we're back in the studio. I'm so excited to be back here at the Georgia Cyber Center. Um, If y'all haven't been here before, like the design of these buildings and interior and exterior, like I love it. I love coming down here uh, every week, every couple of days to record. So hopefully at some point, It'll be safe for other people to come visit the Cyber Center, too. And I look right over the river, which is really nice of you on the second floor. So I love I love being back and I'm so happy. And today we are going to get into the COVID-19 vaccine. That's something that has been rolled out in our area last month. And um, just in the spirit of transparency, I was able to get the first dose of the COVID vaccine. And by the time y'all are hearing this, I'll probably be getting ready to take my second dose of the vaccine, which I'm a little nervous about, (laughs) uh, to be honest. But if you haven't already, you can follow me on social media at Rayshawn Ricks, and I will be sharing my experiences with taking the vaccine because it's going to be a minute before it goes out to our wide community. And I just decided it would be informative if I just shared my experience with the first part of the vaccine, because it is in two doses. Um, I didn't really have any major side effects. I had a little bit of a headache after I took it. And then um, just a little bit of soreness in my arm where I was injected at. But for the most part, I was fine which was surprising because when I take my flu shot, I'm usually like pretty fatigued and I just don't feel well for like the rest of the day. And then the next morning I feel better. 
But I didn't experience that at all with the COVID vaccine. I got it at AU Health. I took the Pfizer vaccine. And I was so surprised at how like efficient the process was. I literally had my appointment at 10 o'clock. I walked in at like 9.50 something because I like to, you know, be early, especially for the important things. And I was injected at like 10.03. Like I had to fill out a little bit of paperwork, but the line moved so quickly. Um, the people were so nice and friendly and efficient that I literally was able to walk out of getting my injection at 10.03 and I timed it. So that was pretty cool. Um, one thing that was new to me because I'm not too uh, familiar or used to getting vaccines is that I had to wait or they asked uh, the recipients of the vaccine to wait for about 20 minutes after just to make sure that they didn't have any like serious side effects because a very small, small percentage of people may have an allergic reaction and they just wanted to make sure that everyone was safe and everyone that I was around was safe and felt fine afterward. I felt fine afterward, so I literally left and it was the quickest, most painless experience I ever had. And in a minute, we'll have our vice president and chief medical officer for AU Health, Dr. Philip Cool, come on and talk to us a little bit more about the vaccine. So if you're thinking about getting vaccinated or if you're scared to get vaccinated or if you are somewhere in between that, stay tuned because he's going to give us all the details. So we'll be right back. Augusta University's Academic Success Center provides a wide variety of resources to students, including tutoring, academic coaching, and success workshops. The ASC has online tutors in various subjects, such as accounting, economics, foreign languages, math, writing, and anatomy and physiology. They also provide support to transfer students and first and second year experience. The Academic Success Center's number one goal is to see you succeed. The ASC is located on the first floor of University Hall. Visit augusta.edu slash academic success to find out more. Welcome back, y'all, to In the Wild. And joining me virtually in the studio, we have a very popular guy in our health system. He is the vice president and chief medical officer for Augusta University Health System. So please give a warm welcome to Dr. Philip Cool. How are you, Dr. Cool? I'm doing great. And thank you so much for having me on your program. Uh, thanks for being here. Um, I know you have been a very busy guy since uh, the pandemic hit our area. And the first question that I had for you was, what does a typical workday look like for you now compared to pre-pandemic times? So uh, prior to the pandemic, my schedule was difficult. Um, <laughs> after the pandemic began, it got more difficult. But um, luckily, we've got a great team that helped pick up some of the other job duties that I'm normally doing and allowed me to uh, focus on um, those things that we really needed to do to prepare for this and respond to this pandemic. So uh, it's definitely taking the whole team and it makes uh, it makes for a difficult day, but um, it's very worthwhile because our team has accomplished a lot of great things uh, helping Augusta University and Augusta University Health respond to this pandemic. Absolutely. So last month, we started rolling out the COVID-19 vaccine. Where do, where do we stand with getting the vaccine out? 
Yeah, so as of right now, we have vaccinated somewhere around 6,500 to 7,000 people as of the 12th. Yes, as of the 12th. By the end of this week, we should be crossing the 8,000 mark for for, uh, vaccinations. So that's quite an accomplishment in a short period of time. That's in less than a month. Uh, we have vaccinated 8,000 people. Now, had we had more vaccine, uh, we could have vaccinated more. So the team uh, has really put together a spectacular vaccination effort that is very smooth. And we can really vaccinate people at a rate of about 1,000 a day. Uh, And so if we had enough vaccine, we could certainly vaccinate a lot more people. So what does the timeline look like for getting the vaccine out to like say students and like the greater community? Yeah, so we're currently vaccinating our health professions students because those students have patient contact. And of course, even though we do everything we can to safeguard our students, uh, you know, coming into contact with people in the healthcare setting is certainly higher risk. And so we have made the vaccine available to those health professions students because of their patient contact. Uh, and now we're vaccinating kind of the 65 and older that are associated with Augusta University and Augusta University Health, as well as our frontline healthcare workers. So those are the groups that we're currently focusing on. As you know, the state of Georgia kind of expanded the 1A criteria, which is the first phase. The, the pandemic response phases are phase one, two, and three, with one being limited vaccine availability two is vaccine becomes more available and then phase three is vaccine is widely available and then four is actually kind of revaccinating nation and maintaining um the uh the disease surveillance and vaccination efforts to keep the disease under control um so phase one that is very limited vaccine availability is then broken down into 1a 1b and 1c 1A was originally designed as the uh, frontline healthcare workers uh, and essential personnel for those frontline healthcare workers. So the people that make the health system function, because that's where the greatest risk is. Uh, and then that was expanded to include the 65 and older for obvious reasons, because that group is at high risk of bad outcomes from this disease. So that's the group that we're currently focused on. The next phase will be the education sector. And and for the education sector and essential workers, and that is, think of it as people that remained on duty during the stay-at-home order, for example. That group of people, I think, will likely come probably in the February to March timeframe is when we'll move on to that group. And then that also includes the general public with high-risk medical conditions or over the age of 65. And then then we'll progress through those those phases after that. Gotcha. So it would look like late spring at the earliest for like the wider community that you mentioned? Yeah, so there's still some unknowns in terms of vaccine availability, right? That's the big thing. That's the big unknown in this is if the production keeps up like it is, and if vaccine continues to come, then certainly we could be looking at much wider availability into the spring and summer, summer being much more likely. But uh, vaccinating large groups of people 
uh, up and through that period. Gotcha. And people are still feeling pretty anxious about getting the vaccine. So what would you tell someone who may be a skeptic or just curious about how safe the vaccine is? Sure. So I, I hear a lot of myths and unfortunately uh, there is a lot of misinformation on social media that's out there. So I think it's important to just educate people about, about the facts. Probably one of the most common things that I hear is this vaccine was rushed and they, they did all these shortcuts to approve the vaccine. And that's not true and, and not correct. So there's a couple of things you have to understand about this. One is that this vaccine built on decades of development. So the, the groundwork for the development of new ways of delivering vaccine and the ability to do that for various other diseases was leveraged once this disease became known. So people have been working on vaccines for other infectious diseases like Zika, um, for example, was actually successful in, in finalizing a lot of the technology that was used for this. So that prior work was leveraged on a grand scale and, and a lot of the framework and groundwork was already in place and it was simply repurposed for, for the use with this virus. So although we did get a vaccine in record time and kind of unheard of speed, it wasn't like we just suddenly went from zero to hero in, in the, the nine months that this vaccine was developed in. The reality is that people have been working on this technology that's underlying this for decades. So that's one of the important things to understand. The other is that this vaccine went through all of the same approval steps for vaccine approval, all of the normal safety monitoring programs that we have, which includes independent data safety monitoring boards, that oversee this. You have your, your institutional review boards that are reviewing the study. So safety is reviewed at multiple different levels within the system. And all of that was done for the investigation of the two vaccines that are currently approved right now. Uh, the Moderna vaccine and the Pfizer vaccine for COVID-19 together included about 75,000 people that participated in the studies there were zero serious adverse events in that group. And the events that did occur, occurred uh, in terms of, of you know, associated events at the same rate that we would see in that patient population. And in fact, in some cases, it occurred more frequently in the placebo group. And that is the group that didn't get the vaccine, they got uh, a shot of saline. Um, so these, these vaccines have been fairly well studied. Uh, they are safe and effective, and uh, it's, it's a bit miraculous that we have gotten this vaccine to this point at the safety and effect, uh, efficacy that we have. What about those uh, people who uh, had COVID and, you know, are back to being healthy or somewhat healthy? Would we still encourage those people as well to get the vaccine when it becomes available for them? Sure. And, and so I'm a physician and I've been studying this disease and dealing with this disease. And unfortunately I also got COVID. 
And I will tell you that this was an easy decision for me to get vaccinated despite having had COVID. And I'll tell you the reason why. Uh, because the immunity that people get from getting COVID, part of the difficulty that we're experiencing is that there's a lot of variability in that immune response that we see. So really young, healthy people that have a very mild course can fend this thing off without developing long-lasting immunity to the virus. Now, it is rare that we see people reinfected within the first three months, but between three months and six months, we have seen reinfections occurring in people that actually had very mild courses of COVID-19 in that in, in, when they had it. Uh, we believe that as you get out further, the likelihood of getting reinfected may increase. And what we know from this vaccine is that it is highly effective and, and creates a predictable immune response. And that is the big difference, is that the immune response from the vaccine appears to be more reliable and stronger than in some cases those that develop from having the disease naturally. And so for those that have had COVID, I recommend that they get vaccinated after that three-month period, go ahead and get vaccinated. So three months after recovery. Now you can do it as, as soon as you're well. What we have seen is that those people may have a little more severe side effects from the, the vaccine because their immune system is already revved up in some cases. So we recommend waiting, you know, 45 days, 90 days before getting uh, the vaccine if you have had COVID. What are some of the side effects from the vaccine? So the majority of side effects are very mild and like what most people experience with other vaccinations. And that is, as you know, some shots when you get them, tetanus for one that I can think of, or the MMR, you get a lot of soreness at the, at the site. That's very common. And that's your body's immune response kind of responding to that area. And it can create some soreness at the site, maybe some redness and swelling. And that goes away in most cases in a few days without any difficulty. In some people, particularly with the second shot, so both of these, the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna vaccine are two dose regimens. And for those that haven't had COVID, they get that first shot, they have minimal side effects, almost nothing. When they get the second shot, what we see is somewhere around uh, 12 to 24 hours of just not feeling well. Not bad in most cases, but just feeling like they have a, a, a little bug or something. That is because that's the body's immune response uh, revving up to fight the virus, even though it isn't really the virus, right? It's the response to the vaccine. So if you look at it that way, the, the responses that your body gives to the vaccine is just it's the immune system training itself to be able to fight the vaccine in the future. And so at times it can feel like you have a fever or chills or, or uh, some other symptoms like that most commonly that lasts for 12 hours, in some cases 24 hours, and then goes away and people are back to normal. Occasionally a little bit of fatigue for a day or two, but um, other than that, most of the symptoms tend to be fairly mild. Gotcha. Do you think as we continue to 
get everyone vaccinated as soon as we can, that we'll return to some state of normalcy this year in 2021? Uh, that is certainly my desire. I would love to have a relatively normal summer, to be honest with you. And I would love for college football to be back to normal <laughs> by next fall. Um, so, you know, it, it, the world, we all know that the world has not been normal uh, since this thing started. Uh, and and uh, the only way that we're really going to get back to normal is if we get a large number of people vaccinated so that we can control the spread of this thing. I think once we get a large number of people vaccinated, maybe at some point shortly after that, we'll be able to drop the mask requirement once we get additional studies that say that it also prevents transmission. And also just practically, we can't really drop the, the mask uh, requirement because we don't know who's been vaccinated and who hasn't. So uh, I think it's important to know that it's going to be a little bit longer, but we will get back to normal faster the more people we can get vaccinated against this disease and control it. Absolutely. And where can we go to stay updated on the vaccine and just AU Health in general? So the COVID-19 webpage on the Augusta University website is being updated right now for additional information. Uh, the CDC certainly maintains an excellent resource for information about COVID-19. And then the East Central Georgia Public Health District, for those that are in the Augusta area, uh, is a great resource for people to go to as well. We'll be posting additional information about the COVID-19 vaccine as well as sign-up links when those become available. We're currently distributing those via email to the Augusta University personnel that are being vaccinated right now. But when we open that up to the larger group, we will make that known and advertised at that time. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Cool, and informing us about the vaccine. And hopefully next time you're back on our show, we'll have a lot more positive things to talk about. I would love to talk college football. <laughs> I'd love to talk uh, exciting things going on here at Augusta University uh, that have something other uh, than to do with COVID, but uh, certainly appreciate you covering this very important topic. And I look forward to the next time that we talk about it being about something else. <laughs> certainly, I'll be glad to talk about COVID, but uh, we'd look forward to talking to you at any time. But I hope that we get back to normal sooner rather than later. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you'll never have to miss another one. Also, to make our hearts sing, give us a five-star rating and a nice review. But don't stop there. Share our episode and talk to us on Instagram at InTheWildPod. You can follow me too at Ricks. Until then, I'll see y'all next time and go get wild. Augusta University's Student Health Services mission is to provide quality health and preventative services to AU students. They offer a variety of services to students, including immunizations, clinic services, and virtual resources. They have multiple clinic services available to students, from women's services to primary medical care. They're conveniently located on the Health Sciences campus for students. Give them a call at 706-721-3448 or check them out online at augusta.edu slash hsh.